Okay, good morning. Today's uh, Shavua Tov. Today's daf is daf Chof Aleph. Um, I'm going to go from the third last line of Chof Amud Beis 20b. And today's shir is for a first name of Ru- Ruvain Peretz Ben. Chaya Sara. And it's Le'ilu Nishmas Ben Sion Ben Ze'ev Avram Halevi. Um, so, the, we've been discussing in the in this in this parak Pase Birosh. Remember, the wells built for um, built uh, the the boards that are built around a well to enable people to drink from on Shabbos. Remember, the the streets are Rishus Arabim. The well there is Rishus Hayachid because at least vast majorities of wells were more than four by four tvochim. I mean, four tvochim, what something like that. Four by four twachim, they wider than that, and they deeper than ten twachim. So it's a rishus hayachid. So you can't really draw, you can't draw water from a well to the rishus harabim outside of it. So they chazal allowed you. There are lots of there are a few leniencies in this, but they allowed you to just put remember diumadim, um, dual posts on each of the corner, going an amma in inwards. Okay, and there's a bit of a machlokes what exact size the maximum gap can be between the posts. But either way, you can fence in, fenced in inverted commas, because you basically got just these posts on the corners, and it creates a Rishus Hayochid. Now, now we're going to discuss exactly when can you rely on these Pase Biros. These, when can you set up these boards and say, look, now I have a Rishus Hayochid. So, third last line of Chafam with base 20b says, Omar Yitzchak bar Ada, lo hitiru pase biros, ele lo oile regolim bilvad. The only heter of pase biros is for those who came up for the festival, for the people who were traveling to Yerushalayim. Again, remember, they're going to be camped on the roads, they're going to be camped on the way to Yerushalayim. In Yerushalayim, they probably, a lot of them people are probably more camping, um, or at least nearby Yerushalayim, they're camping. So, how are they going to get water? So, we have these Chazal made this is But we have a price which says it's specifically for animals. It's not for the well, it's for it's not for people, it's for animals. So Gomorrah says, No, my behema, what did we mean when we said animals? Behemas oilas oile regolim. It's the animals of those going up to the festival. I so very interesting. So we'll see now exactly what a person has to do. But this that you're allowed to draw, put up these boards and create this rishus hayochid around the well is only a rishus hayochid for getting water for your animals. That's uh, that's what we've said so far. Very important point. It says aval adam. What about a person? He says metaptes for oil metaf. He has to climb in and out the well. The person can balance himself and go on the well or pushes, it sounds kind of like pushes arms and legs against the well, but he can go in the well. He doesn't have to bring the water out of the well to drink. He can go into the well and drink and therefore this leniency doesn't apply. But didn't try Yitzchak say in the name of Rav Yehud, in the name of Shmuel, He said that they only allowed a, um, this, these Pase Biros for wells of spring water. Now, and if the main point of these wells, what difference does it make whether it's Maim Chaim or um, 
cistern water, gathered water. Again, one of the main differences is most likely the water that's been, if you gather, collect water, a cistern, but at least later on in the season or at certain stages, that water becomes very foul and people won't drink it. It's only for animals, whereas my machayim, it keeps um, a spring, will keep the water fresh. So therefore, it would be fit for people. But it's, if the well can only be Maim Chaim, it sounds like it's also for people. Otherwise, why specify Maim Chaim? So the Gemara says, no, it has to be fit for a person. It seems, uh, yeah, I don't understand, Rashi says, in order for the water in this well to make these Pase Biros, these boards, valid Mechitzos, it has to be water that anyone could drink. Even though, so even for a person to, so even though you're only taking out the water out of the well for an animal to drink, the, the leniency of setting up these wells only works if it is drinkable for people as well. Gufa. Let's just analyze a point we just said. Loitiru pase biros bilvad. Aval odom matapes matapes we mentioned that this that you're allowed to draw water from the well into the Rishush that's created by the boards, the side posts, the Duyumadin, that is only, that's for animals because a person can climb into a well or, or in and out of the well. The im if the well is too wide, that a person can't climb in and out. What's he going to grip if the well's a huge well? What's he going to grip on on either side and stuff to get in and out? So therefore, I feel Then you can even draw water for a person on Shabbos. The lawyer. Then we carry on with the brayzer. The lawyer male adam ma'im ve'yitain lifnei behemto. A person is not allowed to fill a jar of water and um, full water and give it to his animal. I. If you're holding the water, this we saw, I don't know how many of you managed to do Shabbos' daf, but this is one of the points. If you're holding the bucket and your animal's standing there drinking, he might turn his head away and you're going to move your hand so that the bucket is under his head and he could easily turn his head outside of the board, outside of the Passe Biros, and therefore you're worried you'll come to carry. So a person's not allowed to hold the water for his animal while his animal drinks. But what he can do is fill it, fill up the bucket, pour the water before his animal, and then the animal drinks by himself. Aye, so he's not holding the bucket that the animal's drinking from. Ravanan said, well, if that's the case, how do the Pase Biros help? If he has to pour the water, he has to put the water down before the animal can drink. How did the pasay be rose? So the Gemara asks, "Mahilula malus mehem." What do you mean? What does it help? It's a huge help. You're allowed to draw water from the well and put it down in front of your animals. I mean, that's the whole point we've been discussing up until here. How could you get water from a well to your animals if the well's in the Rishus Arabim? The well's in Rishus Ayochid. You can't draw water from it and put it down in front of your animals. So that's what it's coming for. So he says, "No." What is the purpose of the requirement of Roisha Veruba of the two Amos for your cow? I don't know if you remember in the Mishnah we mentioned that what's the minimum size of these Pasebiras? So the minimum size is they have to have a two Amma gap from the well so that a majority of your he the head 
of the head and a majority of the cow can be inside the boards while he's drinking. So what Rav Anand's asking um, is asking if the animal is held in place, are you holding the animal's head or its head's tied strapped down? Then obviously there should be no problem with holding the bucket before him. As long as he's a drop within the mechitza, then hold the bucket before him and let him drink from it. If the animal's loose, then how does it help to have these two amos? You're still not allowed to hold the bucket. You have to put it down. So what are the? why do you need these two amos? Because either yeah, the animal has to be tied and then you don't need the two amos or you have to put the bucket down and then you don't need the two amos around the well. So why did the Mishnah have this requirement? That's from Anand's question. Um... Yeah, so Omar Abaye, so Abaye answers, Abaye's answer is going to be very interesting. Um, basically, he's going to say that this, we're not discussing a normal case where someone's actually holding water for their animal to drink from. We're going to be, let, we'll see now the case is basically, the question is, is he going to carry the water to his animal or is he going to pour it into the trough right there, there and there for his animal to drink? So again, we're not, you're right. According to Abaye, he answers Rav Anan, this b'risa, which implies that you can't hold the bucket for your animal to drink, is not the standard case of, let's say, you just draw some water from the well, you take it out the well, and you hold it there while your cow drinks from it. That's not what we're discussing. In that case, as long as the, there's two amos and the cow is Rosh of Aruba, most of the cow is in the Posebiros, you can hold the bucket. With this price, which implies that you can't, is discussing a different case. And Abai, let's see. Omar Abai, what's the case here? Abai says here the case is where you have a trough that is in the Rishus Arabim and it is higher than 10 Amos and wider than Fort Fochim. So it's actually a Rishus Hayochit. And his head reaches into the trough. If you look on yesterday, this and Vachulu is, we, I'll explain it now, but that's built on yesterday's daf, which brought the whole teaching of Abaya. But if you look on yesterday's daf, there's a picture. I don't know if Osro put a picture again or not. But on yesterday's daf, there's a picture. Basically, what happens is there's this courtyard with the trough in it on the one end. And that trough, again, built up higher than 10 Fochim and wider than 4 Fochim, juts out through the Rishus Arabim into the Pase Biros, into the well area. So therefore, again, this whole trough is Rishus Hayochim because it's higher than 10 Fochim and it's wider than 4 Amos. And therefore, there's no problem. And yeah, it gains a chat out into the passim. So therefore, there's no, theoretically, there's no problem with the, what the owner would want to do is hold the bucket over the Rishus Hayochid, over the trough, walk all the way to the other end, which is by the Chotzer where the animal is standing, and put the food there. That's what, when we say a person's not allowed to fill up this bucket and carry it to the animal, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about filling it up and letting the animal drink right there and there in the Pasebi Ross. We're talking about carrying it over this trough to the animal. And the Gomorrah on yesterday's daf explained the concern there is that he might put the bucket down in the Rishus Arabim and then pick it back up and like he sees he needs to fix the wall or somewhere of the trough. So he'll put the bucket down and then he might pick it back up 
and pour it into the and and then he's taken from Rishus Harabim to Rishus Hayochid. But again, but here, um, yeah. So that's that's a buyer's case, and there it's saying you could pour it into the part of the trough that juts into the Pasebiros, but you couldn't carry it over the Pasebiros to uh, into the Rishus Harabim. I mean, I'm not sure if there are any Xeras or not, but just the, like to put it more in our context, let's say there's a low wall between the Rishus Harabim and the house. So theoretically, you could pick something in the courtyard, walking in the Rishus Harabim, holding with your arm outstretched over the courtyard, and then put it down further down the wall, but in the courtyard, again, because you haven't taken the object, granted you're in the Rishus Harabim, you haven't taken the object out. I mean, here we see there's Xera against doing that in this scenario. I don't know if we would apply the scenario, the Xera in all cases, but that's... Uh... But yeah, but that's the case. Okay, so, so but again, it comes out from our... From Rav Anand's question and the Gomorrah's answer here is you're right. The, if you're holding the animal in place, I let's say it's tied in place, or you've got a firm leash around its neck. I don't know if leash is the right word by a cow. Then you can hold the bucket and let it drink because it's not going to turn its neck, even if the cow's not fully in the passe biros. If you want to hold the bucket with the cow um, not held in place, unrestrained then the cow has to be two amos in the Pase Viras. Within the two, yeah. Now, carrying on. Omar Ibirmiya bar Abba, Omar Avanin, Burganin bebavel, veloi, ain Burganin bebavel, veloi Pase Viras bechutzlaaretz. You can't have these huts in Bavel or Pase Viras in Chutzlaaretz. Just what, what do we mean when we say Bavel and Chutzlaaretz? Bavel means, um, Chutzlaaretz means, the rest of Chutzlaretz besides Bavel, and Bavel means um, Babylonia besides the rest of Chutzlaretz. You'll see when we make a difference. Okay, so in Bavel you can't have these Buganim, but in the, and in the but theoretic as we'll see you can have Pasei Biros, and in Chutzlaretz in the rest of Chutzlaretz besides Bavel you can't have Pasei Biros, but you can have Buganim. What's a Buganim? So these are little huts. Rashi explains they were temporary huts for watchmen. And there's a halach. We know that where does if you're in a town or a city, where does your tchum start? Where where do you start counting the two thousand amos from the outskirts of the city? So you would walk from your house to the let's say the city wall, and then you get two thousand amos from there. If there's a hut, one of these burgonim, or a structure that someone could stay within seventy and two thirds of an amos, we'll see the din later of the boundary, that extends the trum. So, so at the area you'd be allowed to carry 2,000 amos from would actually be from that hut, even though that hut is already 70 amos and a bit outside of the city. And it actually can form a chain. If you have another hut within 70 amos of that hut, and another hut within 70 amos of that hut, and another hut within, etc., you could actually end up extending the trum a very long way. So you cannot rely on these burganin in Bavel. You can't say, look, I can carry 2,000 amos because I know they're more than 2,000 amos because I know they're burganin. No. You can't rely on Burganin in, in Bavel. And obviously, Pase Biros, we've been discussing that in Chutzoret. Now, why? Burganin, but Bavel, Loidish Chichi. 
Bidki, you can't rely on Bulgarim and Shabbos because there are lots of floods. They'll often get washed away. Who says that hut is still there extending the tchum? And Pasei Biroz, Bukhutsroz, and you can't rely on Pasei Biroz and Chutsroz, the Loishchichi, Masivta, because they aren't. Yeshiva's there. I, what's, the, what's the leniency to have these Pasei Biroz, make this Rishus HaYochid around the well for a mitzvah, for Oilei Regolim, for people going to study Torah. In the rest of Chutzlaris, besides Bavel at that time, there weren't yeshivas. There, weren't, there wasn't many people traveling for the reasons of a mitzvah. And therefore the leniency of a Pasei Biroz never kicks in. So therefore you can never rely on it in those places. But you can do it in the other places. In Bavel you can have Pasei Biroz. And in the rest of Chutzlaret, where you aren't so concerned about flooding, you can have Burganim. Ikat Omri Sam had a slightly different version. Omar Ibirmi Barab Omar Rav Ein Burganim or Pasei Biros Loi BeBavel Loi BeChutzlaret. Says you're not allowed Burganim or Pasei Biros, neither in Babel nor in Chutzlaret. Why Burganim BeBavel Loi Dishchichi Bitka? You can't rely on these huts in Babel because they're floods, and the huts will often get washed away, so you don't know that the hut is there. BeChutzlaret Nami Loi Dishchichi Ganvi. In Chuzlaret, you also can't rely on it because they're many, because they are thieves, and the thieves steal the huts. And therefore, when you want to carry on Shabbos in a certain place, I'm not sure if it's saying because you don't know the hut is there, so you can't rely on the tchum being extended, or if it's saying they so. I think what it's actually saying is they're so inferior, they get flooded away often, or they get uh, stolen very often. So therefore, these guard huts don't actually count as huts being there. They're not, they don't even meet the minimum criteria to count as a hut to extend the trum. Um I think that's the svara. Um, in Babel, you can't rely on in Babel because water is very common. Uh, you don't need these wells. Water is readily available. The reason they did this is for Euler Rekolim who were struggling like in Eretz Yisrael and stuff to get water. And Bechutz La'aretz Nami Lo'delo Yishchichi Mesifta. And in Chutz La'aretz you can't rely on Pasei Biroz because there's not, uh, there weren't yeshivas. So there weren't people traveling. There was very little travel for a mitzvah that you could build a Pasei Biroz for a mitzvah. Okay, Omele Rav Chizda Lamari Breder Rav Huna. Breder Rav Yirmiya Bar Abba Omri Daniel. He says, Rav Chizda said to Mari Braid Rav Huna, the son of Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba. We'll see why it mentions his grandfather's Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba. But he says, I hear that you travel from Barnash to the Shul of Daniel. The Shul where Daniel used to, Daniel Lanovi used to daven. So have a class parsa, and that's three parsa. Now three parsa is Far more than 2,000 Amos. Remember, the Tchum is 2,000 Amos. Um, 2,000 Amos is one mil, and one mil is, and four mil is one parsa. So, so one, um, one parsa is what? Uh, I just lost it. Two times, uh, 8,000 Amos. So, three would be 24,000 Amos. So, it's far outside the Tchum. He says, How can you travel from Barnash to Magnesia? Beshapta, I hear you do that on Shabbos. Am I some chinua burganin? Are you relying on these huts to that extend the trum? He says, Ho Omar Avua Davua, Mishmei the Rav, your grandfather said in the name of Rav, Ain burganin babavel, you're not allowed to rely on burganin in babel. So he's like, Yeah, you're right, I don't rely on burganin babavel. Look, Nafak Vachvile, 
Hanu He went and he showed him that there were these ruins, like remains of cities, which had some of the houses were stood intact, or there were some good mechitzos within 70 and a bit amos of the city. So along the way, there were not, he wasn't relying on huts, these things that can just get washed, flooded away, were proper structures. Again, they were abandoned and ruins, but they were still proper structures that could count as houses that extend the boundary. Okay, now we're going to go on to Agarita. Say one second, let me just confirm. Yeah. Um, well, first, Omar Abchiz, a few, yeah, it's Agarita for the rest of the daft. So, Omar Abchiz, the Dorish, Mori, Barma, Maidir, Siv, Lechol, Tichler, or Isi, Kates. For every plan I see at end, I, all humans, all people's thoughts are very limited. But your mitzvahs are extremely broad. Your Torah is extremely deep, uh, wide, broad, um, vast. So he says, Regarding the vastness and the breadth of the Torah, David HaMelech told us about it, but he didn't explain how vast. Eov told us about the vastness of the Torah, but he didn't explain it. Yechezkel explained the vastness of the Torah, but he didn't explain how vast. He didn't define it. Ad Shebo Zechariah ben Ido, until Zechariah the prophet came and told us, Upirshu, and he gave us the boundaries. Now it's going to show where we see that they mention how vast Torah is, but they don't tell us how vast it is. Omru David velo Pirshu Dilsiv, where do we see that David mentions how vast Torah is, but he doesn't specify it? Lechol Tichlor Isikates, all thoughts at the end. Rechavo mitzvasecho mo'od. Your mitzvahs, your Torah is extremely broad. Extremely vast. Omru Eov Velo Pirshu, we see Eov mentioned it, but he doesn't define it. Dilsiv, Arucham Eretz Mida, it's longer than the earth, Rechavo Minayam, and wider than the sea. And the Torah is extremely vast. And Omri Yechezkel below Pirshu, Yechezkel also spoke about the vastness of Torah without defining it. Tilsiv, as it's written, they spread the scroll before me, the writing was on the front and the back, and, was, and there was kinim, uh, kinos, lamentations, rejoicing and woe written in it. And he said, what was written in the scroll, the, the, it's, it's referring to the Torah, but what was written in Kinim zu shel Kinim refers to the punishment of tzatikim in this world. And similarly it says, where do we see that kina, a lamentation, refers to a punishment, a calamity? Kinahi v'koyneneho. It will be a calamity and we will say kinos about it. V'hege zu matan shel tzatikim lo the Haggah rejoicing is referring to the reward that Tzatikim get in the world to come. Play rejoicing on a harp. This is referring to the punishment of the Rishoim in the future. Calamity upon calamity will come. So we, that's where we see that these words, Kinim v'hoi v'hoi, have um, referred to the reward of Tzadikim and the punishment of Rishoim, etc. Um, just one interesting point. So those, that's where we see that David HaMelech, Eov, and uh, Yechezkel all discussed how broad Torah is, but they don't mention what it is. 
until Zechariah ben Ido came along with and he explained it, as it's written, they said to me, what do you see? I said, I see a folded scroll. It's 20 Amos by 10 Amos. And Rashi says, we're not speaking, Rashi says, he says, we're speaking about the Amma of Hashem. Remember, we've discussed the length of an Amma. Since we're not discussing a regular Amma, we're discussing Hashem's Amma. Now, I mean, obviously we hold that Hashem doesn't have a body, so this is all... Uh, What's well, a metaphorical Hashem's Amma, but um, we'll see why it mentioned it. Pardon? Onomatopoeia. Yeah. Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia, or what's anthropomorphism? Okay, um, I thought of that. But yeah, so it's, it's giving, but we're giving a measurement to God. Interesting enough, even though we are saying it's God, um, it's Hashem's Amos, Hashem's. Uh, Cubit, and we're and we're obviously aware that there isn't. And now we're going to mention Hashem Zeres. Zeres is the gap between if you spread your thumb and your pinky out. The Zeres is a gap between that. It's half a amma. Is the Zeres? Um, so, but obviously, we, so we're speaking about Hashem's measurements. Interesting to note. Obviously, we're aware that Hashem doesn't really have these an amma and uh, I mean, at least as we comprehend them, an amma and a Zeres and measurements and an arm, but. Also note, we're giving very specific amounts. So there's obviously some depth to it, something real about it, that we can pin measurements on it. Because if we're speaking totally theoretical, totally metaphorical, why are they giving numbers to it? Just say, it's Hashem's Amma, or, you know. Okay, but back to where we were. It says, when they so, so it was this folded scroll that was 10 by 20. It says, okay, so if they unfold it, it will be 20 by 20. Viksiv, and it's written, it was written back and front. So if you'd split the scroll, how long would it be? 40 Amos by 20 Amos. Okay, 40 of Hashem's Amos by 20 of Hashem's Amos. Viksiv, and it's written elsewhere, who can measure water with their, I think it's the water of the world, with the empty, with the shadow of the hand, with Shamayim Bezeres Tichon, and he set up the Shamayim as a Zeres, by a Zeres. Remember, Zeres is this measure, thumb to pinky, so the Shamayim was set up by Hashem Zeres. So what's it? One Zeres by one Zeres is the Shamayim. Now, Nimtza Kola Olam Kula, I'll explain the match shortly, but let's just read it inside. Nimtza Kola Olam Kula, Echod Mishloisha Salofim Umosayim Betorah. Comes out the, the, Um, that the world is, the, the Torah is 3,200 times bigger than the Torah. How do we get that? Because if you take, remember we're obviously speaking in um, dimensions. So if you take one zeres, one zeres, if you have, sorry, if an amma squared would be four zeres by four zeres squared. Because if you take half amma, you could fit, um, you could fit four half amma blocks in an amma. So it's four times as big. And it says that the, the Shomayim we know was one zeres by one zeres. And we just worked out the Torah we said was 40 Amos by 20 Amos, which is 800 Amos squared. 40 by 20 is 800. So the Torah is 800 Amos squared, which is 3,200 
times the Shomayim. So that's the vastness of the Torah. Um, I think, um, again, as I said, um, all these Shi'urim are obviously more metaphorical, but there must be something in their numbers that they're so precise and, you know, calculating it. But if you just think about, we're speaking about, this is the Torah that we sit down to learn every day. We're saying, you look at the heavens and you think that's vast. You think that's impressive. And even if you want to go even further and say, we're not discussing the physical heavens, the universe, we're discussing the spiritual heavens. I mean, that must be even more vast conceptually. And the Torah is 32,000 times uh, broader than that. Um, just a, a very sad point. No, not a very. Firstly, the Marshal goes in and explains how they're each discussing different. If you notice, David just gave, um, David's measurement was just, uh, sorry, what's that? Was a length. Sorry, where was it? Um, yeah, David's measurement was just, uh, just said, I can't see how it was, it's, it's very vast. Then Eov came and he gave it in a length. Yechezkel came and gave it in a length and breadth. And, uh, also, sorry, I'm, I'm mixing it up. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, D David came and gave a length. Eov came and gave a length and a breadth. Yechezkel gave a length and a breadth and said it was double-sided. And then Yechezkel, um, um, who was it? Zechariah came and gave it length and breadth, folded over and back and front. So the, the Marsha, I don't want to go through his whole Joshua, but very interestingly, he says that's an allusion to the different parts of the Torah. We know there's Pardes, the Pshat, the simple reading. So that's given as a length, which is still very vast. And the, the Pshat, Remez, the next level, is given as a length and a breadth, the surface area. The Drush, that's starting to get into the concealed areas of the Torah, that's back and front. And the secrets of the Torah... Is fold, it's all folded over. It's a much vaster, broader area. Okay. Um, yeah, there was another point, but I think let's go on. Omar Ravchizda Dorish Moribar Mar. Another Joshua that Ravchizda said in the name of Moribar Mar. It says that there were two baskets of figs set before the Hegel of Hashem, the sanctuary of Hashem. And then it goes to the end of the Pasuk. One of the baskets were very good figs. Like the first ripening figs. They were very, very bad figs that you wouldn't eat them because they were so bitter. Okay, so we've got these two. What does the Pasuk mean? That there are these two baskets before the Beis Amigdash. One of very good produce, very good figs, and one of very bad quality figs. So, the good figs are the, are the complete tzadikim, and the bad figs are the complete reshoim. And maybe you'll say there's no hope, and all their prospects are void. There's no hope for the Rosh Talmud Laimer, Hadudoim Nos Nurech. The Pasuk continues that both baskets produce the pleasant fragrance. Eilu Eilu Atidim Sheyis Nurech. Both will give pleasant fragrance in the future. I think what it's saying is that never lose hope on doing tshuva. Even these Rishoyim Gemurim in the future will be able to give a pleasant fragrance when they do tshuva. It's more directly speaking to the two exiles at the time of the first temple 
basically the Talmudai Chachomim were exiled to Babel. And then many years, a few years later, I think it's about 11, 10 or 11 or so years later, the rest of B'nai Israel, the lowly, the Rishon, were exiled. But in the future, they will all give a pleasant fragrance. They can all do tshuva. Okay, um, so, yeah, so we, we made a drosha based on the fragrance of Ta'inim. So now we're going to bring us a drosha that Rava said based on another possible which mentions the fragrance. He says, Dorash Rava, my deceive, what does the possible mean when it writes, Hadudoim nosnu reach, the Dudoim give a fragrance. These are the, the best of Israel who never experienced sin. And by your entrances, all delicious fruits were found. This refers to the Jewish daughters, the, the Jewish girls. And now it gives two droshes with a play on the words of Va'al Patrinu Kol Magadim. It says, They inform their husbands about their, entr- their openings. They inform their husbands when they need her. So that this 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 uh, this pasuk that which praises the Jewish girls is praising them for being very meticulous with the laws of nida. And very interestingly, something to think about is that, I don't know if you remember from Maseches nida from the basic Doraisa requirements to the stringencies that the Benos Yisrael that the Jewish daughters added on. It's almost two different uh, mitzvahs. It's, they they very. Uh, it's, it's almost hard to even see how they connected, how extreme they went. But I guess this is, they praised for that. They're very particular with Hilchus Nidus. Loshan Acher. Another pshat is that they guard their openings for their husbands. Are they very, uh, they've remained faithful to their husbands. Okay, now we carry on with the Pasuk. Chadoshim Gam Yeshenim. Doidi Tsofantali. New ones and old ones. My beloved, you have hidden, I've hidden for you. It's a funny law. It says, Omrok Nesis Israel of Neakosh Bohu, Bene Israel said to Hashem, Remember, a lot of Shira Shirim is a dialogue between Bene Israel and Hashem. That's how they often explain the, it's a, yeah, it's a metaphor for a dialogue between Bene Israel and Hashem. So Bene Israel say to Hashem, Rebona Shalom, Harbe Gazerus Gazarti al Atmi, Yoisemi Masha Gazarti al Ibakiamtim. We've made more xeras on ourselves than you did, and we've still kept them all. I to keep to remember what's the purpose of gazeras when Chazal come along and make xeras? They're doing it to protect the Torah. So Bnei Israel are telling Hashem, "Look at us. We've made more xeras than even you made. We put in so much effort to keep the Torah, and we keep all those xeras." So, uh, um, yeah. So that's a, a huge praise for the Jews. Now we're going to. Bring a little bit off to discuss Divrei, um, the importance of Divrei Chazal, the words of Chazal. Again, this is Darabon and Mitzvahs, Xeris, etc. We often like to be a little bit dismissive of them, or at least in our minds. And that's, uh, we're going to see the opposite of that. It says, said to one of the Darabon who were organizing Agadita before him, have you heard any explanations of what it means where these new ones and these old ones? I, the pasuk we just read is, I've hidden, put aside for you the new ones and the old ones. What are they referring to? So Omar said to him, 
Eilu mitzvahs kalos va elu mitzvahs chamuras. This they refer to the light, easy mitzvahs and the difficult mitzvahs. What are the easy mitzvahs and the difficult mitzvahs? We don't really know. So no, the Maharsho explains like you tell a ger. When, you, when someone's coming to convert, it says warn them about some of the lenient mitzvahs. And it says, for example, Yichud and Tchum. And tell them about some of the strict mitzvahs like Shabbos and Arayos. The Yavetz gives a very interesting chat. Is how do we see leniencies and strict... How do you translate the new ones and the old ones into the light mitzvahs and the strict mitzvahs? So he says, no. Because what it, light mitzvahs are ones that you're happy and are easy for you to do. Anything that's new, anything that you've just begun, is easy to do. Once it's, and that's what he's saying, the, the new ones are the mitzvahs that are easy to do like they knew. And the old ones, the ones that you have to like, uh, push yourself to do because you've lost a bit of motivation, they're not as exciting and new. So those are the chamuras. That's how he translates new and old. Very interesting, thinking this is a good reminder for us in Dafyomi. Um, I guess you, you have all uh, done it and you're not, uh, you're not new to this. But, you know, and, you know, it always starts off a new Masechta, well, the new cycle, then there's the new Masechta, the new Perek, they're all exciting landmarks, but it's the day, day after day after day, it's not as exciting um, as it was uh, a few months ago, but that's, uh, so that's a Chamura, that's a hard mitzvah, Yeshenos. Omar was the Torah given in stages? It says you just said that there's when the it's the Israel said there's there's new mitzvahs and there's there's new ones and old ones. Aye, there's lenient ones. He says, but it can't refer to the mitzvahs because you can't say that the Torah was given in stages. So Ella, what does it mean? Halu Torah No, the new mitzvahs are the ones from the rabbis. The old mitzvahs are the ones that were given to Hashem because relatively. They're much newer. This Dorash Rava More than this, I more than you care what Torah should be careful and write many books. So he explains the drosh on this passage. Be more careful about Rashi says Torah about Peh and Zeros than you are about the Torah. Because words of Torah have strict ones and lenient ones, they have positive ones and negative ones, and you get different punishments for them. But divrei sofrim, any any word of the sages you transgress is chay of misa. Oh, if they're so substantial, so important, why weren't they written down? So that's the end. So Omar Kral, the Pasuk says, that's the end of the Pasuk that we just started. Asum's forim harbe ain't kates. You'd have to make so many forim, there's no end to it. Now you can't really write down Torah Shebaal Peh because it's infinite. It's principles. It's, uh, you can't express every single detail and every comple, every, uh, every permutation of the halachas. You have to, the Torah has to present the the principles, and we have to work out the principles from there. But the Torah Shabbat Peh is infinite. Basically, you'd have to write. There's no limit to how many Sforim you'd have to write. And therefore, you can't... Um, um, and therefore, you can't write down the Torah Shabbat Peh. Um, something to think about. Don't want to go into it now. But a very important question. Why is it so strict? Why is a Mitzvah Midivrei Sofrim Chayav Misa? When actually, if you look in the Torah, there are very, very few... Mitzvahs, Dor, Aysa, that are Chayv Misa. 
relatively few mitzvahs. So why are we so strict by these by Divrei Chazal, Divrei Sofrim, more so than Doraisas. Okay, then he carries along this theme, it says, basar. Much study causes weariness of the flesh. Rav said in the name of Rav Bar Ula that this is coming to teach us that anyone who mocks the words of the Chachomim gets judged but uh, in boiling excrement. That's the, the Gehenim is, is they live in boiling excrement. Um, yeah. One shot, uh, yeah. So w- what's the connection? Because so Lahag is learning. We translate in the Pasuk, but we, he says that, no, that means Malig mocks. And Yegios Bosor, the what comes from weariness of the flesh is excrement. So that's the that's where he gets that someone who mocks Divrei Chazal will be burnt in, will be done judged in boiling excrement. Why why that? So the Rambam seems to say it's mida kenegin mida. The words of Chazal are pure and perfect and pristine, and they based on the Maral emphasizes this very often. The words of Chazal are not based on our rationalities and on our common etiquette. They may based on much deeper spiritual principles. He calls them divrei sikhli. They're um, godly logic. So they're pure, they're perfect, they're refined. And therefore if you mock them and you dismiss them, well, mida kenegen mida, your judgment is in the opposite as, of, uh, of what's uh, ultimately dirty. Might give law, rova mitziv loeg, lohag siv. Rova says it doesn't say mock, it says lohag. What it means is someone who labors in them will be able to taste meat. It's always enjoyable. A meat meal is always enjoyable. And therefore, um, that's what he's saying. Now we're going to bring an amazing story to emphasize how careful you have to be with Divrei Sofrim, with the words of Chazal. Rabbi Akiva was in jail. We know Rabbi Akiva was jailed by the Romans for teaching Torah. Rabbi Shua Garsi and Rabbi Shua Ben Garsi would help him. Every day he used to bring him um, a set amount of water. Says the prison guard saw him carrying in this water and he said, well, that's a bit more water than usual. Are you trying to undermine, weaken the prison that you can escape? Uh, he was worried that they were going to like use the water to uh, to dissolve the mud on the floor and dig a tunnel and escape or something like that. Says, So the prison guard poured out half the water and only let him take Half of the water to Rabbi Kiva. Says Rabbi Kiva, Amelo Yeshua, Eni Atoyadeh. Says Eni Atoyadeh. Says Zaka and Ani Vechayet Tluim Bechayecho. Says Don't you know I'm old and my life depends on you? I why did you bring me such a little bit of water? Says Sachlo Koloi Samuras. He told him what happened with the prison guards. So Amelo Tainly Mine Sheetol Yodai. He said Okay, fine. Let me give me the water so I can do until I say dime. Says Amelo Lishtois Ein Magin Little Yadech Ein Magin. Says What do you mean? You just complained to me you don't have enough water to keep you alive, and now you're going to take that water and use it to wash your hands to do Natilas Yadayim. Says Amelo. So Rabbi Akiva said to him, I say Shachayovim Alei Misa. 
what can I do? You have missy if you don't fulfill the rabbinic requirements. Mutav amus misas atzmi. Rather let me die from myself. Then I should die because I transgressed my colleague's words. His colleagues were Chazal. His colleagues were the famous Tanoim who made, men, who made some of the Gezairahs. So if he transgresses them, he says, I'd rather die from uh, my own thirst than die from their punishment. Oh, Rashi, I meant to bring it earlier. Rashi brings, what's the source that you have Misa for transgressing Divrei Chachomim? So it says, Someone who breaches a fence will be bitten by a snake. We say the word, that's what a Geder, Chazal came to fence the Torah, to protect the Torah. Um, okay, then it says, so... And then Omru, it was told about Rabbi Akiva, Lotam Klum Al Yodov. And Rabbi Akiva actually wouldn't eat anything until they brought him more water to wash his hands. When Chachomim heard about this, Omru, they said, If this is how he was in his old age, he was this particular. Can you imagine when he was young and strong? And if this is how careful and particular he is in jail, can you imagine Rabbi Akiva's devotion to mitzvahs and Torah and Divrei Chachomim when he was in Beis Asurin? Now one interesting thing that they ask, uh, they all go into it and they discuss various reasons, is one is there's so many ways to get out. If you don't have water, there's so many ways to get around it and eat. I mean, firstly, he's elderly and sick. And we learned, according to some, maybe this is a proof against that. Remember, a few days ago we mentioned um, that soldiers don't have to be careful with Nutil Asidayim. So we said maybe it's because they're in Sakona. So, so for anyone in a case of Sakona, maybe this is a proof that that's not a good excuse, that it's specifically by soldiers and not anyone in. But again, there's also, if you can't have water, cover your hand and eat. Cover your hand with plastic and eat a little bit at a time. You know, there are ways around this. Why don't Rabbi Akiva look for all of these solutions? Okay, so that's one discussion. And then something I just thought of right now. It's an amazing, amazing concept. Why Rabbi Akiva, and this would answer all those questions. Why of all people was Rabbi Akiva so particular with Torah Baal, with the Torah Shabbat, with the Gzairahs of Rabbonin. Remember, it's almost a far-fetched Gzairah, this on the Tilas Yadayim. You know, we have the Tilas Yadayim because... Uh, as we'll see shortly, Shlomo instituted it because of when people would eat Kodshim and they extended that to Truma and then we extend that as a remembrance to when we used to eat Truma. That's one of the reasons why we do Natila Sedan before we eat. It sounds quite far-fetched. And yet Rabbi Akiva is going all lengths. He's almost prepared to give up his life to keep it. So no, it, had to, it, it has to be like that. In a way, what Moshe Rabbeinu was to Torah Shabir Sav, this that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us the Torah Shabir Sav, Rabbi Akiva was to the Torah Shabal Peh. In a way, Rabbi Akiva was the Moshe Rabbeinu of the Torah Shabal Peh. That's that famous Gemara, you know, where Rabbi, Moshe, Hashem said, show me why am I putting all these crowns on the letters. And Hashem said, I'll show you in the future because Akiva ben Yosef is going to expound many, many halachas on each and every crown of the letters. And he put him in the base Medrash and, uh, you know, the, the, that's that Gemara. But we see that Rabbi Akiva was the ultimate expression of expounding the Torah Shabbal Peh. So it makes sense of anyone, he has to be 100% perfect. He has to be the gatekeeper of the Torah Shabbal Peh. If he's the, in, in a way, I mean, obviously it's all from Moshe Rabbeinu, but in a way, if Rabbi Akiva is the father of the Torah Shabbal Peh, he has to be the one who's the ultimate safeguard. And if he breaches the Torah Shabbal Peh, 
and the xayra is even a drop, well, then there's a huge crack in it. It will develop into a huge crack. Oh, I just thought of that now. I think it could be a beautiful expression while we find Rabbi Akiva here. A beautiful idea why we find Rabbi Kiva here is so, so careful with Torah Shebaal Peh that even though there are all these excuses and all these ways and anyone who's learned Shulchan Aruch will know, and Mishnah Bura will know find ways to be able to eat a sandwich if they don't have water. So Rabbi Akiva surely knew some of those ways. So no, Rabbi Akiva had to guard it to a whole extra di- uh, dimension. Omar Rabbi Yudomar Shmuel B'Shash Etika Shlomo Eruvin when Shlomo instituted Eruvin, he instituted this that you can't carry from a Rishus Hayochid to a Rishus Hayochid unless you make a Eruv Chatzeros. And he instituted Netil Asedayim again for Kochim, as I mentioned. Yotzo Baskol for Omra Baskol came out and said, How wise is your heart? Yismach Libi Gamani. Now my heart will also rejoice. Voimer and further positive says, My son is wise and my heart rejoices. And I. Now have a response to those who mock me. Dorash Rav Rovish Father, my dear Siv, what does the possible mean? Lachadoti Naitsasore. Come, my beloved, let's go into the field. Nanila Bakforim, let us live, stay in the villages. Nashkima the Kromim will get up early and go into the vineyards. Nire Imporcha Gefin will see if the vine has flowered. Pota Chasmodor, if the grape blossoms have opened. Hanitsu Arimoinim have the pomegranate blossom started to flower. Shometainez doidi loch, there I will give you my love. Um, this is a new, we're carrying on with darshaning um, the conversation of Hashem and uh, B'nai Yisrael and Knes Yisrael in the Shira Shirim. This is going back to what we mentioned at the top of the page. It says, That means, Don't judge me like those who dwell in big cities. Because they have theft and promiscuity and false shvurs and vain shvurs. People in big cities generally get caught up a lot more in the, the physical lifestyle and get caught up in the seductions and the allurements of a big city. He says, don't judge us there. He says, Come, let's go into the field. There I will show you more learning, even though it's difficult. We will sleep in Kforim. Don't read as Kforim villagers, read it as deniers. Don't look at us. Come, I'll show you people who you have given them so much good, so much good, and they still deny you. Let us get up early and go to the vineyards. Let's get up early and go to the villages, um, to the vineyards. That refers to yeshivas and shuls, because remember, they sit in rows like a vineyard. You know, the famous Sanhedrin in Yavne is called Kerem Yavne, the vineyard in Yavne, because they sit in rows. So that's uh, this. Nireh. Let's go see if the flowers have blossomed. The, the vines have blossomed. It says, That refers to those who grow, who've just learned Chumash. Later stage of development, the grape blossoms have started. Those who have learned Mishnah. If the pomegranates have started to flower, those who have learned Gomorrah. There I will show you my love and you will see the great honor and the praise of my sons and daughters. It's Bnei Yisrael speaking to Hashem. Um, 
let let us show you that we're not all rotten like like certain parts of the Jewish nation come we'll show you there's some wonderful wonderful people who sit and learn Torah they learn Chumash, Mishnah and Gomorrah etc I think let's leave it there for today and we'll continue with these um, droshes tomorrow